Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time. We hope you'll call in with your Bible question or comment. Of course, Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the way we decide on this program, the way everybody should decide on what the truth is, is by looking at the word of God. It's not what the way we think is best, what we like, what will bring in the most people, but actually what God says. And it might surprise you what the truth is in many cases if you actually looked at the word of God instead of just letting preachers tell you what they think is the truth or what they want or what will bring in the most people or the most contribution. Our first call, I thought we'd talk about Paul's conversion. We're talking about the Apostle Paul wrote practically half the books in the New Testament, including many passages talking about what it takes to be a Christian. So I thought looking at his conversion would help us to see exactly what it takes in order to become a Christian. If we look at what it took for Paul to become a Christian, he was called Saul before he was a Christian, then we'll know exactly what we have to do in order to become a Christian. Make sense? Let's start with the passage in Acts 22, verse 16, which reads this way. And now why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So Paul was told to do something, that is to be baptized, to get his sins washed away, even though at least three days earlier he had believed in Jesus. Let me prove that by reading Acts 9, 3 through 6, prove that he had believed in Jesus three days earlier. It says, and as he, talking about Paul, journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So Paul, at this point, believed in Jesus. He asked who it was speaking from heaven, and Jesus replied, I am Jesus. Paul then responded, what wilt thou have me to do? Obviously then, Paul believed Jesus was who he said he was. He believed in Jesus. Now, most denominations would say Paul was saved at this point because he believed in Jesus. And most denominations do say that. They say Paul was saved on the road to Damascus because he believed in Jesus. But was he actually saved when he believed in Jesus on the road to Damascus? Well, evidently faith alone is not enough because Paul was a believer at this point, but he was still in his sins at least three days later, according to the passage we read to begin this study, Acts twenty-two sixteen. And now why tarryest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So Paul was a believer in Christ, but still needed to do something to get his sins washed away. As I said, most churches say belief is enough to be saved, and therefore Paul was saved on the road to Damascus. But Acts twenty-two sixteen conclusively proves otherwise, because Paul is told three days after he believes to do something to get his sins washed away to be baptized to get his sins washed away. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment about this or any other Bible topic, we'd love to hear from you. Callers take precedence on this program. 877-655-6755. 
Not only that, but Acts 22.16 proves a person has to be baptized to be saved from his sins. Baptism is when the blood of Christ washes away our sins. Of course, we all agree that it is the blood of Christ that washes away our sins. The question is only when. Were Saul's sins washed away on the road to Damascus when he believed? Not hardly, because he's told at least three days later to be baptized to get his sins washed away. So a person is not saved from his sins by the blood of Christ until they are baptized. We see a bunch of other passages that confirm this same truth. For example, Jesus himself said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. So it takes two things to be saved according to our Lord, according to God himself, belief and baptism. Jesus again said in John 3, verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We know that born of water here refers to water baptism because this is involved in the new birth, John 3, verse 3. And Romans 6, 3 through 5 shows that that new birth, the walking in newness of life, occurs at water baptism. Water baptism is the only thing of spiritual significance in the Bible that involves water. So a man being born of water and the Spirit, that's a man being baptized in water according to the teaching of the Spirit. And John 3, 5 says a person has to do that to enter into the kingdom of God to be saved. Acts 2.38 teaches that a person has to be baptized to be saved from their sins. That reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In that verse, two things a person has to do. Repent and be baptized. Two things they'll get. Remission or forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you have to repent and be baptized to get the remission of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're not baptized, you don't have the forgiveness of sins or the gift of the Holy Ghost. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So in this context, Paul is pointing out that in the Old Testament times, you became a child of God by being born as a descendant of Abraham, physical birth. He's saying that's not the way it is anymore. You become a child of God by faith. And the way you do that is by being baptized into Christ. Verse 27 begins with this little word for, which means to introduce the reason. So the reason these people were children of God by faith was because they had been baptized into Christ. The way they had become children of God by faith is by being baptized into Christ. That's an interesting expression, baptized into Christ. If we believe what the Bible says, that would mean that if you're not baptized, you're not in Christ. You're not a Christian. You're not in a saved relationship with Christ because the way you get into Christ is by being baptized into Christ. And then one more passage before we move on. 1 Peter 3.21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now that verse says that baptism saves us. I don't think God would say that baptism saves us if you didn't have to be baptized to be saved. He's not saying baptism saves you in the sense that it earns your salvation. No, it's the blood of Christ that pays for your salvation. He's just saying baptism saves you in the sense that you have to be baptized, just like you have to believe, Mark 16, 16, that you have to be baptized in order to be saved by the death of Christ. Baptism saves us. Most preachers say that it doesn't, but this verse says clearly that it does. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 
655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755. We started out by reading Acts 22:16. That verse actually shows being baptized is the way a person calls upon or asks God to wash away sins. He said, Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So the way you call upon the name of the Lord, the way you call upon or ask God to save you is by being baptized. Romans 10, 13 reads this way. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So calling on the name of the Lord is clearly necessary to salvation. But just how does one call on the name of the Lord? We better know what that means if it's necessary to salvation, right? Before we answer that question, what does it mean to call upon the name of the Lord? Let's prove from this text that salvation does not come at the point of faith as most denominational preachers teach. We read Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's read 14, the next verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Do you see how this verse makes it clear that one can't call on the name of the Lord until after they have believed? Verse 14 says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? In other words, you call on God to save you after you believe. Since verse 13 makes this calling on God necessary to salvation, and since verse 14 says we have to believe first before we call, then that proves one is saved sometime after they believe, when they call upon God. Do you see the point? If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. And we're talking about calling upon the name of the Lord, and we call on God to save us by doing what God said to do to be saved. To prove this, let's turn back again and read Acts 22, 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Do you see how Paul was told to call on the name of the Lord by being baptized? For example, if God says, if you do A, I will give you B, then the way you ask God to give you B is by doing A. You see, if God has told us what to do to be saved, and he has, Mark 16, 16 reads, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Then if we were to ask God, say, face to face to save us, his response would be, I've already told you what to do to be saved. Do what I told you and I will save you. Make sense? Why would, it, why would you think you would want to ask God verbally in prayer to save you when he's already told you to believe and be baptized to be saved? If you want to be saved, do what God said to do to be saved. And so if we want to ask God to save us from our sins, we ask him to do that by doing what he said to do to be saved. Believe and be baptized. Again, if God says, if you'll do A, I'll give you B, then the way you ask God for B is by doing A. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Straightforward. Dave from North Carolina, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, hi. Uh, hey, I just have a question. Uh if water baptism is what you're saying it is, why did John the Baptist say that I baptize you with water, but one comes that baptizes you with fire? Well, 
You know, John the Baptist did say that. For example, in Matthew chapter 3, I believe it's in verse 12, that Jesus would baptize with fire. But that, that's in verse 11. Let me read verse 12. In verse 12, he says, Matthew, that's the very next verse. He says, whose fan is in his hand, and he will throughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The illustration is, when, when you're doing farm work, you have stuff left over. Like if you're pruning a tree, you cut off these branches, you throw them into a pile and burn them. That's his illustration. And what he's talking about here, the baptism of fire, is that if you're not a Christian, if you're not a faithful Christian, then you're going to go to the bad place and burn with unquenchable fire. He's going to gather his wheat into the garner and he will burn up the chaff, the stuff left over, the stuff that's not desirable with unquenchable fire. So the baptism of fire in Matthew 3 is referring to going to the bad place. Certainly we wouldn't want to do that. You know, John the Baptist, you mentioned that. Did you know that twice it says that John the Baptist baptized for the remission of sins, Dave? Twice it says that. Even John the Baptist baptized for the remission of sins. Right. So, so... Right. But then he Go ahead, Dave. Said, like, then he went on and said, like you were saying, that uh, that he baptizes with water, meaning that he, uh, I'll baptize you with water, but one's going to come is going to baptize you with fire. Now you're saying that in order to be a Christian, you need to be baptized with water. According to John and Jesus, you need to be baptized with fire. No, because, no, no. Like you said, the chaff, the chaff. Separating the chaff would be separating the non-Christians from the Christians. Yeah, the and, chaff and would be the non-Christians. The right, chaff would the be chaff the non-Christians. Right. right. The, so the non-Christian would be those who are not baptized with fire, not baptized with water. The non-Christians will be baptized with fire. He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. No, that's the, referring. The non-Christian would be baptized with fire because he's saying, "I baptize you with water." But one comes that will baptize you with fire. Is yes. What he said. And, right. Okay. In verse twelve, right. which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. That... So, verse twelve proves conclusively that the baptism with fire in verse eleven is referring to everlasting punishment. That's not something that's good. This is something that bad. He's going to separate the wheat. That's the faithful Christians. From the chaff, that's the people who are not faithful Christians. And the people who are not faithful Christians will go to unquenchable fire. Remember, that's the way the Bible describes H-E-L-L, the everlasting punishment. It's unquenchable fire. So this, verse 12, proves conclusively the baptism with fire is not something good. That's something terrible. That's burning an everlasting punishment. I mean, I didn't write this verse. It just proves it conclusively. You don't want to go through the baptism of fire because that means you're lost. The people who are baptized in fire, that's going to occur in the bad place. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. We're talking about proving that calling upon the name of the Lord, you do that by being baptized, Acts twenty two sixteen, And that's when you see receive the washing away of sins when you're baptized. The, the last caller said, if you got to be baptized to be saved. It's not a matter of if. Paul, the apostle, said, was told by Ananias to rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That proves two things. The way you call upon God to save you is by being baptized, and that's when you receive the washing away of sins. It's not a matter of if. It's what the Bible says. 
if you, if you either believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. Now, we can prove also this same concept from Acts chapter 2. Acts 2.21 has our same phrase. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then notice verse 38 of the same chapter. Then Peter said unto them, this is more toward the end of the sermon, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, Peter told them they needed to call on the name of the Lord to be saved from their sins in verse 21, and then he told them exactly how to do that in verse 38. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Now, either Peter is saying there's two different ways to be saved, or repent and be baptized is how one calls on God for salvation. I think we can all see it's the latter. I just ask you to keep an open mind and believe exactly what the Bible says. No more, no less. Why would we want to fight and argue against this 100% clear teaching that a person has to be baptized to be saved, that a person has to obey God to be saved, that belief is not enough? If you have a Bible question or comment, 877-655-6755 is the number to call. If you have a Bible question or comment, call us at 877-655-6755. Why would anybody want to fight against God and argue against him and say, all you got to do is believe to be, sa- is believe to be saved. You don't have to obey. Here's what God said in Hebrews 5, 9. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So Jesus is the author or the source of eternal salvation, but who's going to receive eternal salvation? According to this verse, those that obey him. What about folks that believe in Jesus but don't obey him? They won't receive salvation, according to this verse. It takes just like the song that we sing, one of the more famous hymns, Trust and Obey. This verse teaches, just like the song, that you have to both believe and obey to be pleasing to God. How about Matthew seven twenty one? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So who's going to go to heaven according to that verse? Those that do the will of the Father. What about a person that believes in Christ but doesn't do the will of the Father? He's not going to be in heaven according to that verse. How about 1 Peter 1, 22? Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. You know, Acts 15, verse 9 says we purify our souls, purify our hearts through faith. So you got to have faith to be purified from your sins. But this says you purify your souls in obeying the truth. So to be purified from your sins, you also have to obey the truth. Faith alone is not enough. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It takes faith, trust, and obedience. Mark 16, 16, which we've already mentioned, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You've got to believe and be baptized. You've got to believe and obey God in order to be saved. Norma from Washington State. I guess we lost that call, didn't we, Ed? Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, in other words, if you want to avoid God's vengeance, flaming fire vengeance, you've got to do two things. You've got to know God, meaning you've got to believe in Him, you've got to trust in Him, but it also says... You have to obey the gospel. The ones who will avoid this flaming fire are those that know God and that obey the gospel. Just believing in Jesus, just having faith in Jesus is not enough. You also have to obey the gospel. It couldn't be any more clear than the way Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 puts it. 
Uh, Ludy from Alabama, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Uh, yes, actually, it's Louette. But, uh, yes, I, um, I I believe that we should be baptized. I do believe that. I obey and repent. I do. But and I know this seems like a crazy extreme example, but let's say you're at some sort of conference or, or evangelistic event, and you're in the invitation, and you, you, uh, you know, go up at the invitation, you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you repent of your sins, and then you go in home, you get killed in a car wreck before you can be baptized at church on Sunday. Then what? Well, let me ask you this question. Bear with me. Uh, okay, bear with me. Romans okay. ten nine says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So according to that verse, a person has to confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus to be saved and believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Am I right? Right. All right, suppose somebody believes in Jesus, but they die in a car accident before they have a chance to confess with their mouth or believe that Jesus was risen from the dead. They believe Jesus is the Son of God, but they die in a car accident before they confess it, or they die in a car accident before they believe he was resurrected from the dead. What would this verse say about their salvation, Luetta? Well, that's, that, well, that, that's my point. You know, so so what we're saying is that person at the that was at the evangelistic event and they didn't get a chance to be baptized, they will still go to heaven. They will not go to hell. No, I was saying just the very opposite of that. A person that believes in Jesus at a, an evangelistic thing, if he believes in Jesus, but then he doesn't have time to believe in the resurrection of Jesus or to confess they, with but, the mouth, let me finish, or confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus or be baptized. If he doesn't have time to do those things, he's going to be lost. Jesus meant what he said. When he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He meant that. He's not lying about it. you got to believe and be baptized to be saved. Is that, does that make any sense, Loretta? Well, well, it does. Way, but I mean, I guess, because I, you know, no, I do believe that, you know, what the Bible says is true. I do. But I, I just, um, I, I don't know. That just, you know, I, I, would, I would think that somebody that comes to know Christ, they would, they would go ahead and confess. And just the only act they could not maybe achieve because of logistics would be they wouldn't be baptized. And so, well, you know. Luetta, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, but they don't believe that he was raised from the dead. Well, right. And I would say that they're not saved. Absolutely. All right. So, saying, okay, good. I'm glad you would say that. They, they would, in my instance, I, you know, they, they've done all that. They believe that Jesus died and was raised three days later. They believe all yeah. that. They just, because of logistics again, they get in their car, they yeah. go home, maybe they're going to be baptized the next day. You know, they've already called their preacher. Right. So so ahead. what they should have done, just like when they believed and they confessed Christ at the evangelistic meeting, they should have baptized them right then. Just like they did with the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16. They preached to the Philippian jailer. It was after midnight. And then he believed and they baptized him right then in the middle of the night even though it was after midnight, why didn't they wait? Well, because they knew well, that you had to be baptized to be saved, so they didn't wait. So well, the, I don't know. And, and, and maybe, maybe, this, maybe in a place like this, maybe they'd have some way you could do that, but maybe they don't. And so you, you've just totally given your heart. You believe. You repented. You know he raised you know, three days later. You just didn't get a chance to, to have the baptism. Yeah, so that, if we're going to— I guess what I'm we, saying to you is, so you're, you're saying that that person would still go to hell. 
That's exactly what Jesus is saying. It's not me that's saying it. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So it's not Pat that's saying it. It's Jesus is saying you've got to be baptized to be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So a person that believes and is not baptized is in the same place that a person believes and hadn't confessed with his mouth the Lord Jesus. He's in the same place that a person believes in Jesus, but he hadn't. He doesn't believe that Jesus is raised from the dead. He hasn't done what Romans 10, 9 and, 9 and 10 say to be, do to be saved. He hasn't done with Romans 10, 13 and Mark 16, 16 say to be saved. You got to obey God to be saved. Revelation 22, 14, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they have a right to the tree of life, may enter in through the gates of the city. So you have to obey, do Jesus' commandments to enter into the city of heaven. Second Corinthians 5, 10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad. So it's not enough just to believe. You have to obey God in order to be saved. If you would like a free one-hour phone Bible study, call or text me at 256-682-9753. A free one-hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience. Call or text me at 256-682-9753.